Thank you for joining IAB There. Hi, everybody. Welcome to IAB There, the Interactive Advertising Bureau's regular show in which we connect the digital industry. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the IAB. It's Tuesday, December 15th. We are releasing today our seventh impact study. Uh, this is a study about how the pandemic and all of the other uh, chaos in 2020 has been affecting our industry. And in a moment, I'm going to welcome Sue Hogan, IAB's SVP of Research, uh, onto the stream uh, in order to talk about the report and what the findings are. Uh, let's bring her on. Sue Hogan, welcome back to IAB There. Hey, Brad. Good to be here. Thank you. So uh, this is our seventh impact study uh, over the course of the year. For some background, our board came to us uh, shortly after the pandemic started and said, uh, holy smokes, we really need some intel here on how things are changing. So again, seven of them in one year is a lot. Uh, this is our final impact study for 2020. Uh, what's different? There's plenty different. And before I get into what's different, I have to thank the buy side for really um, coming through and giving us this kind of data and insights. I think it's helped the entire industry. The feedback we've gotten has been tremendous. Um, and, and without it, I think we would have been operating even more in the dark during a pretty tumultuous year. So thank you to the brands and the agencies who um, have consistently giving a, given us data. Um, What's different? This is not a year over year, month over month, quarter over quarter kind of trend thing. This is really looking about next year. We did ask questions around spend. We did ask how that equates or looks different from the um, the actual estimated that they'll end up with this year. Uh, but really the difference is about looking forward rather than what's going on right now. So, uh, so what is in fact the big difference? Um, you know, how, how is 2021, how do we know 2021 is already different than the average year? Well, first of all, um, 2021 is different from the average year because 2020 was so different. In fact, one of the funniest things that I, I saw in the anecdotal uh, responses that we received on the open-ended questions um, was that the optimism that they have for 2021 is because it's not 2020. I thought that was pretty darn funny. Um, I will share that there are a lot of reasons that they're optimistic. They're saying that there's uh, hopefully a better economy ahead there's acceleration and adoption of technology. I think that, that this whole COVID situation has really ignited that. Uh, they're telling us that the brands have worked really hard to adapt and to pivot in this time of change. And so they're feeling very flexible and agile right now, which is great walking into 2021 and very different from years past. Um, I, they also say that they, this is the majority, say that they're they're ready with omni-channel experiences. They feel that they're in good shape when it comes to e-commerce offerings. And anecdotally, that was not the case a year ago. Um, I think the other thing that's really cool is that they're saying that, that they are investing in new channels and new formats 
um, and that they're testing uh, so that their spend is being diversified in the year ahead. They're spend is being optimistic. Cautiously optimistic and spend is being diversified, but my memory of the data is that they're also less likely to make long-term commitments, that they're, they're keeping, keeping things flexible uh, and nimble as opposed to locking things in ahead of time. You're absolutely right about that. In fact, we saw that a large percentage of them, 39%, have budgets that are actually um, ballparked right now. That's kind of surprising. Um, I think what's really telling here is that there's going to be a month over month or at least quarter over quarter kind of sales cycle. So what is going to happen in the upfronts? Um, is there going to be a tremendous amount of buy at that stage that normally lives in that space? I don't know. Um, we're being told that they are going to be reforecasting and looking at their, their investments frequently in 2021. So one way of bottom lining this is that uh, for the sell side, the wins are going to be smaller and perhaps less stable. But uh, on the flip side of that, uh, there are going to be more at-bats because if more uh, buyers are being more nimble and more flexible, that means more opportunities for the sell side to get in front of them. Well said. So, Well, let's talk about one of the IAB's key concerns. We In uh, February of this year, at our final, uh, previous uh, annual leadership meeting, we launched Project REARC as a response to the decline of third-party identifiers, which really started uh, in January of this year with Google's announcement that it would stop supporting uh, third-party cookies in Chrome and accelerated with Apple uh, signaling that it's going to be making some significant changes to its mobile identification for advertisers. So I know we had a question about third-party identifiers, Tell, walk us through this. Uh, sure. Um, Connor, would you bring up slide one? What we're really seeing is that um, there seems to be a, a medium to slightly better than medium confidence level that the buyers have for their organization's preparedness for the loss of third-party identifiers and, and the loss of cookies, right? Um one of the things I found concerning was that when we looked at deeper into the data, we saw that they also told us, 41% in fact said that they felt they would be able to do retargeting, for instance, um, even after this takes place. And that could be the case with, with depending on who your partner is, but for the most part, you're not going to be able to do things like that. So there's a concern that there might be either overconfidence in this area or that the those answering don't really have a great understanding of what the ramifications are with the loss of identifiers. So the possible possibility here is that although they're rating their organizational readiness at a 3.5, that they that may be overconfidence. Yeah, and and they did tell us in another question that there was um, a a concern that all of the stakeholders in their organization aren't prepared for the ramifications. So I think I think there could be a little overconfidence going on here. Right, and just to, to dig in on that, that means that you know maybe the CFO who has certain uh, monetary expectations for advertising performance. 
uh, may not understand that that performance could go down with the loss of third-party identifiers. So it sounds like there's a lot of cowboy diplomacy that people are going to have to be doing internally over the course of the next few months, uh, which I think is, uh, is uh, good for us to know now as we're gearing up for 2021. But this is a, a report on the impact of COVID and, and other, uh, you know, chaos uh, on spend. Uh, buyers seem optimistic. So let's talk about spend. Is it is it going sure. up over 2019, over 2020? Yeah, let's take a look at that next slide. Um, there's good news and there's rough news. Total spend looks like it's going to be up against the estimated actual uh, that buyers have estimated by 6%. How is that breaking down? Our numbers, our buyers, our connections tell us that digital spend is up by 14% against that actual or estimated actual and that traditional spend is down by 5%. And that continues a trend that we saw during this uh, consternating year. We saw uh, a lot of digital either flat or up slightly and we saw traditional uh, having some decreases. So it sounds like this is uh, continuing a trend that we saw uh, from 2019 to 2020, or am I misrepresenting the data? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I think that there's some confusion sometimes in the marketplace because I know that some of our um, our own members have come out with data. Uh, Magna has come out with data and, and I know Dentsu will or Zenith will um, certainly Brian Weiser over at Group M has that's spend. Uh, this is spend data. That's revenue data. So the revenue data that they've come out with is showing that they're seeing traditional and linear up a little bit year over year. We're seeing the spend down. So is that so, CPM situation? I don't know. But so since I'm the slow kid in class, uh, always. Um, Walk me through the difference between spend and revenue. Like, what's the tweetable distinction? Sure. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of like if you just look at your own paycheck, right? What's what's the gross and what's the net? Um, so spend is, and, and it could vary a little bit, but spend is really how much is that media costing? What did they, you know, there's the rate card number, but there's also the actual number. And that actual number is, I have paid X amount of money for these placements with these companies, um, whether that is direct or, or programmatic. And then the revenue side of it is after all of the, the fees and everything else come off of the top, what do they actually make? So if we, if we imagine one of our friend Terry Kawaja's Loomiscapes, the, the spend is what emerges from the brand goes to the agency. The revenue is after uh, all of the different intermediaries have taken their slice, what's left over goes to the, uh, the media creator, the publisher. Right. So, okay. Um, uh, these are uh, intriguing numbers. Um, uh, tell us more. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's, what? let's look at the next slide. Um, you'll see that on slide three, we've got a digital media breakout of 71% versus 29% for traditional media. So of the entire budget, we're looking at a 71-29 split between digital and traditional. So almost everybody always asks me what's in digital media. It's everything you would expect. It's digital out of home and audio streaming and... Um, and digital video and SEM and 
uh, paid, of course, and uh, all all of those different digital media channels. For traditional media, same thing. It's radio, traditional radio. It's uh, linear TV. It's out of home. Um, so this is how it's splitting out for this year. I wish I had a comparison for the years past, but this is the first time we've really asked this question. I've been working in this industry for about 15 years, and 15 years ago, the idea that their digital would be the overwhelming majority of advertising budgets was uh, a, a dream that was unthinkable that it would be a reality this quickly. Uh, what are the top four or so for digital? You, you listed a bunch, but those weren't in order. I, sure. Like, who's getting, who's um, well, getting most of it? In order, we see social and paid search are equal at 16% each. Uh, and then we see digital display at 14 and digital video at 13%. Everything else makes up the balance. So out of the total budget, roughly 60% is going to social, paid search, digital display, and digital video. And what about for traditional, that, that 29% that's left over? Yeah, that 29% is, is almost equally split, a little bit more on the linear side. Um, so linear TV does get the majority. So linear TV is getting the lion's share of that 29%. Correct. Okay, great. Um, and uh, so tell us more. Uh, I think we're looking at a video, a video slide coming yeah, up. Yeah, let's look at the next slide. I find this to be fantastic and fascinating. Um, and, and maybe a little bit faster than anyone would have predicted because of COVID and the incredible embracing that the consumer has done um, of CTV. So when it comes to, you know, looking at video on when they, I almost said on demand, but really, cause it is on demand, but it's when you want, where you want, on what device you want. So if you have internet connected uh, programming, which is what CTV is, um, you're going to see a large percentage of buyers moving their dollars, 60% who buy, who are going to buy digital video next year are moving dollars out of linear TV and into CTV. And the second place that that is going to really impact in big ways is a digital display, 37%. Will be <laughs> I think it's worth looking at that top number as well, which is because uh, a mere 3% away from digital display is uh, that overall budget increases, a large chunk of those budget increases are going into digital video. Absolutely. Right. And then my question uh, is around this, which I think is, is one you may not have a, an answer for, but some of the pull from linear TV into digital video uh, is because of habits that are changing because of COVID, overall media consumption is up, just way up. Uh, production was, you know, went to a standstill for uh, linear TV. Um, sports uh, for a long time were, were completely gone, coming back now, but in a much smaller way. Uh, so how, how permanent do you think some of this behavior on the part of buyers is if we see, oh, I don't know, like around Labor Day, uh, we get, if we get to full vaccinations, 
uh, or herd immunity by September of 2021, and we come back for a rip-snorting rip college uh, football season, for example, um, I would imagine that buyers with that flexibility that they're insisting on might be pulling some of that that spend back into a broadcast and cable. What do you think? Um, I, I don't know that they're going to be pulling it back into broadcasting cable, except for per, perhaps uh, sports. I think that the CTV behavior is here to stay. Will it stay in the kind of very high spiked uh, number of eyeballs we have at almost any given time in the day? No. I mean, once we we already came off of that, you know, a real high of I need to watch the news every second of the day. What the heck is going on out there um, to a more this is this is our new normal. Um, I think, though, that the split between digital and traditional speaks to which has been going on for quite some time um, and building for quite some time speaks to the change that is that was happening anyway, and that this this COVID experience has ignited uh, a shift in behavior. But I think that that shift in behavior, I don't think the pendulum is going to swing back much. We've been saying for months that uh, the pandemic has accelerated a bunch of behaviors that were already either early or latent. And I think that's what you're saying. Um, I am. You, you don't think on the consumer side, you don't think that people are going to be going back to linear TV uh, and that therefore the dollars from the this, the, uh, the brands and agencies will continue to follow that, which I, I think is a compelling argument. The, um, the other thing I want to point out is that things like live and sports are, are no longer the exclusive bailiwick of broadcast and cable. Uh, ESPN Plus is, is huge and part of a three-part bundle that our friends at Disney have with Disney Plus and, and with Hulu. Uh, we have Amazon making some significant inroads into sports and we have lots of interesting live things happening. This is a topic of particular interest to me. Uh, things like Hulu's watch party and screener other ways of having uh, live shared experiences across different locations on demand. So, so it's um, uh, on top of the how people are behaving today in the face of technological changes. We're seeing uh, new technology changes, and uh, you know, sports rights being a hotly contested um, you know uh, item or series of items uh, with with digital folks as well. So I think I think we're this this is a space that we'll continue to watch and. So we did seven of these in 2020, which is a staggering number. And my memory is that we only have three of them planned for 2021. Can you confirm that for me? Yeah, that is true. And I'm glad you brought it up because I kind of want to tell the sell side, don't worry, we're not going to be hitting you so hard next year. Um, truthfully, we have one that's planned for 1H, one for 2H, and one as we need it. Uh, we're not going to see that kind of of insane unpreparedness happen uh, the way it did when COVID hit this year. Um, so I think that uh, while we are planning on doing three, uh, the three will be deep and the three will be um, helping to prepare for what's ahead. 
And so I'll just add my plea on top of this, which is when you do get a request to share information with Sue Hogan uh, friends on the agency and brand side, uh, please, it, it helps us to help you. And it's some of the most important work that we do here at the IAB. Sue, let's talk about what else is happening. Uh, what should industry watchers be expecting? How should we be preparing for 2021? Sure, um, I think there's probably two more areas that we saw when we, we um surveyed this particular group, we saw that that there is an intent for testing at least, if not definitely um, increasing spend. And we are seeing increases in spend in news adjacency, which is great news for us all. Um, the earlier work that we had done uh, in this fall showed that news is not a scary place for brands to be. So I'm really glad to see that that needle is shifting a little bit. I think the other thing that we really saw, and we can we can uh, take a look at the next slide, is that um, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, when it comes to performance marketing and cause-related marketing, there is an increase in cause, there is an increase in mission-based. So even though the predominant formats and messaging are going to be performance-based, that said, 50% of the buyers responded that they are looking specifically for minority-owned media uh, in order to invest in 2021. And by the way, they said that they're increasing by 26%. So the budget is increasing by 26% for those who are going after minority owned media. Um, so one thing that I would like to ask the industry is if your company has a minority owned media list, please share it with us. Um, sue at IAB.com or research at IAB.com. If you send that to me, I will ensure that it is uh, a, a one large database that we can share out. And, and I think uh, just to zero in on the slide we're looking at, you, you said about half of buyers want to invest in minority-owned media. But what this slide is showing us is that 51% uh, of them really aren't sure uh, how to go about doing that. And it's so true. That, so, so the, the research, yeah. the the resource you're creating is an answer to this question, which is, uh, you know, wanting the rising tide to lift all the boats. So exactly. Um, so again, sue, uh, sue at iib.com or research at iib.com. Uh, this is an exercise in industry collaboration and transparency that we hope will do some good. Uh, let's let's take last question. Um, you know, we've been talking on this show and throughout our endeavor about, uh, oh my gosh, what a challenging year 2020 has been. Um, 2021 is going to be a challenging year as well. We, we, you know, we believe that by, you know, the midpoint of the year, a lot of Americans uh, will have been vaccinated. We think, as I said earlier, that by Labor Day, the majority of the people who are willing to be vaccinated uh, will be vaccinated. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, my question to you, to you, Sue, is, you know, based on everything that we've seen, uh, do you have any predictions for what you think we're going to see next year? I mean, and let's make it simpler, like by the end of Q1, where we'll be, you know, two months into a new administration, where a bunch of vaccinations will have happened. I mean, what do you think, uh, knowing that there's no data yet, because that's in the future? Um, some of this is not so much about media, but in general, I think that uh, and this is given 
what I hear and what you probably have heard as well in all the meetings we're in um, with some of the heads of state. Uh, and I say that as a joke that I, I mean, the, our, our membership uh, executive team, um, they seem to, to think that we're never going to go back to everyone in the office on a nine to five basis. Um, that is that has great implications for media. Um, that means that you probably are not feeling like somebody's looking over your shoulder and you just might shop a little bit more or look at something a little bit more frequently than you might have if you were, you know, out in an, in an open environment at work. Um, so I think that the, the stickiness of the consumer behavior for things like CTV um, are going to stay. I think that uh, the programmatic buying is going to pick up even further outside of 2021. I think we're going to see that shift again. And I think our capabilities are going to get a lot better. Um, I think that the partnerships that are being formed across the industry um, are wide and deep. And I say that because in order to find the solutions for both cross-platform measurement and for how we are going to be able to prove ROI on ads that really can't be tracked very well uh, without a cookie or without some kind of a third party ID, uh, we're going to need to work together. And the buyers are showing me that they are working with a lot of tech companies, a lot of uh, measurement companies and consultants in order to get all of this done. So I feel like there's a coming together around uh, created by this this really tough time that is going to make this industry stronger. And uh, hopefully we will not make the same mistakes as we have in the past. Hmm. Well, here, here are two sectors that I'm watching quite in, uh, with, with great interest. And I'll, I'll be curious to see if you have uh, anything that you, you've been watching. Uh, I think we're going to see the impact of things like Warner Brothers' decision to put its entire movie slate uh, onto HBO Max, that's going to pull a lot of spend that used to happen around movie launches out of the marketplace. And it'll be interesting to see if that either just, just gets, uh, it's called prints and ads uh, in the studio business. Does that just get saved or does that get redeployed into other things? So that's, that's one sector I'm watching. The other one I'm watching is we're going to be at a very intriguing point with summer travel this year because we're going to have three populations. We're going to have the unvaccinated, over there, they're the not yet vaccinated. We're going to have the people who have been vaccinated, and then we'll have the people who don't want to be vaccinated. And so the vaccinated and the people who refuse to be vaccinated are the ones who, who may be interested in summer travel. And so a lot of the spend, this is the flip side of the movie uh, movie spend, a lot of the spend that's been pulled back uh, you know, by hotels, by airlines, by maybe even by cruise ships, by resorts, I think it's gonna come back uh, and it's gonna be highly targeted either to people who uh, decline to get vaccinated or people who've already been. So those are two things that I'm watching. Are there any uh, industry verticals that you're uh, paying particular attention to? Yeah, I think I think we're going to see automotive um, grow. I, I was surprised to see how well it did this year. So I think automotive is another place where we're gonna see that to your point and travel um, as we loosen up some of the travel restrictions or even our own behaviors in travel, um, I think we're going to see a lot more automobile travel in the days ahead, the months ahead. 
um, for 2021. I also have been really interested in seeing everything kind of tech centric. Um, anything from whether it's voice and speaker to uh, even machine learning and the proliferation of addressability in advertising toward us. So it's not really a consumer market necessarily, but a tech altogether. And I can't wait to see what's going to be coming out now that we've got, you know, we're closer to 5G than ever before. There's already inroads there um, and, and some product that has come out into the marketplace. Um, but I think AI is going to change our experiences in a very big way. And we're just waiting for that 5G to make it happen. I think that's going to be a 2021 thing. Well, uh, if, if it is, we'll be back here, you and I talking about it. Let me do a PSA uh, in the Experience Center, which is run by Zoe Soon. We have a significant initiative on uh, vo interactive voice uh, and advertising. And so if, uh, if you share Sue's interest and belief that 2021 is going to be the year of voice, uh, reach out to, to me, brad at iab.com, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll get you in touch with Zoe. Um, Sue Hogan. Thank you so much for joining us here on IAB There. We'll have you Thanks, back Brad. soon. Thanks so much. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Carrie Villanueva. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the IAB. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time at IAB There. Bye-bye, everybody.